Hi, everyone. I'm Andrea Collins. And I'm Shelly Zorn. And this is Let's Talk Thomasville, a podcast about storytelling through perspectives of the past, our values of today, and our imagination for tomorrow. Today's episode, we are focusing on worker barriers as part of our workforce plan. Uh, This entire series, we're talking about that. And so we're going to start with some of the facts that were found in the workforce plan. And and a lot of these you probably know organically just from being out there in the workforce. So the unemployment rate in Thomas County for 2022 was 2.9%, so right around 3%. So that really means most people looking for a job Most people who want a job have a job, but we've got another crisis going on, and that's um, the push for skilled labor. We have a lot of people retiring. I think that was an effect of the 2020 pandemic. We call it the gray tsunami, where a lot of people who were close to retirement said, okay, I'm out because of all that was going on in 2020. We also have people who left the workforce in 2020 because maybe they were home with children and they haven't gone back in. Some of those are skilled workers, college-educated workers. And so all that comes together, and it really creates a huge workforce crisis for our employers here in every sector, whether that's hospitality, industry, small business. And so when we looked at the workforce plan, one of the things that came up time and time again was worker barriers. So that includes lack of reliable transportation, unavailable childcare, which we cover in another episode, um, mental health problems, criminal justice problems, skill deficits. But today we're going to focus on one of the worker barriers, which is affordable and worker housing shortages. So we have an expert with us this morning who's boots on the ground in that area. Yeah, we are um, real excited to have um, a new organization that has recently formed and just so happened to be simultaneously at the same time as we brought in Meryl Wilcox to identify these worker barriers. And so I don't want to talk too much because I want to let this person share a little bit about how he came to be, but we are um, happy to have Mike Jones with us this morning with the Thomasville Community Development Corporation. And you'll hear us refer to that as the TCDC. TCDC. Okay, I like it. So like ACDC, but TCDC. That's easier to remember. That's much easier. Welcome, Mike. It's good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for joining us. So can you share with our listeners um, what your role is at the TCDC? CDC and how you came to be a part of the organization. Absolutely. Um, I guess it'd be twofold. So my role is actually the community development director for the Thomasville Community Development Corporation. And I think a certain skill set, being from Thomasville, uh, having a little bit, a lot, depending on who you ask, social capital here, uh, just to be able to connect with people when you deal with addressing any type of, whether it's workforce, whether it's social, whether it's whether it's, you know, different kind of challenges in a community, it's good to have social capital and people to kind of know. Know the people, know the, know people, the community. Know the community. Yeah. So I've been gone from Thomasville 20 plus years. Been but born and raised but here. Born originally. and raised right here originally coming back. Um, just seeing a lot of the progress that's been in Thomasville, seeing a lot of the non-progress that's been in Thomasville. So it's been interesting to come back to learn and kind of what's transpired since I've been gone. Uh, but seeing a lot of new faces in town that really want to, that's why I like how's uh, moniker is, uh, uh, what is that? I look at the other day, is Imagine Thomasville. Yes. Imagine Thomasville. Imagine what it could be like. Yeah. Um, especially being from here. So coming back, 
it's just I was looking for an opportunity. My wife and I came back to to check up on my parents, but we also in ministry full time. Uh, so coming down to uh, operate the ministry is kind of like there's something else I know I can do in Thomasville. And this opportunity came up. It was kind of like it was a for me a match made in heaven just to go out and always I'm, hmm. a, I'm a servant of people. Um, and I guess I get that from my dad. He was just kind of the the guy for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so, the Thomasville Community Development Corporation to go in and to improve our neighborhoods, to to be able to listen to the people on the ground and find out what the kind of the real pain points are, mm-hmm. so they can communicate it back to whoever it may be that they think can help the change. It was kind of like a marriage made in heaven for me. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's very valuable. So, how long has TCDC? When was it established? It was established at the end, I want to say around November of last year, 2020. Uh, I um, started formally on January the 9th of of 2023, so not even a good six months. Okay, Okay. so really the organization was birthed in 2022 and has not even really celebrated its full year yet. Correct, correct, correct. And, 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 you know, with with the city's comp plan, it really kind of started the dialogue. Uh, about the TCDC getting started with with certain challenges that the city would have to kind of go in and make some changes. Uh, and it was needed um, just to come in and address the housing issue uh, really here in the city of Thomasville. So, so your main goal or your main focus, um, what would you say is your number one goal this first year when you're just getting established? Uh, first six months is gaining trust in the community. That yep. would be the, the the very first thing. A lot of times we, we jump in, and I use mm-hmm. my example as a leader. Uh, I learned from the mistake of going in and, and making changes without finding out if the change actually needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so being able to go into the neighborhoods and reconnect mm-hmm. uh, with people, you know, they've seen me. They what do they me. want? What, right? do, what, what exactly is it that they, do they want? And sometimes it's really just hearing sometimes the pain points. Because again, I haven't been here yeah. in 20 years. So I could come in thinking I know what's going on in the neighborhoods from past experience that I've had myself, but I haven't been here like that mm-hmm. uh, permanently until I moved back. Right? What do, you, do you mind sharing what some of those pain points are? Just yeah, what's your general? biggest I discovery? Mean, yeah. yeah. Um, being heard. Mm. Having a, a good voice. point. Just, yeah. just, just, just having a voice. Um, mm. And a lot of our uh, underserved, historically black communities, it's, you know, we want our streets done too. We want our lives done too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we call, whether it be the police, whether it be the EMS, we want to know and have the confidence that they'll respond just as fast as they will respond on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's resources to come in to improve the streets or improve houses, do we have the same opportunity? Will we ever be priority? Mm-hmm. You know, those types of, of, of pain points. And then when you do come in and help, is, are there strings attached? Uh, right. mm-hmm. yeah. those types of yeah. deals yeah. Val- valid concerns yeah. all valid concerns yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. so now that you've been boots on the ground and really trying to reconnect and build those relationships um, can you share with our audience a little bit about what has transpired from there like what what once you like you, you guys kind of had an idea of what you thought might be valuable mm-hmm. and then you heard from the residents um, and many times, like you say, there's like a there's a, a messy middle of trying to understand what people want versus as a leader, sometimes what you think needs mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Where are y'all at right now? Uh, right now. So, uh, again, we're brand new organizations. In, in, and when you think about community development, it's not just housing a lot of times. It's not just uh, economic development a lot of times. Again, it's it's 
being an advocate. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, in our situation, our, our initial goal was dealing with the affordability of housing and dealing with workforce housing, infield development, affordable rentals. But when you address the affordable rental side, a lot of times you deal with what is called LIHTC projects, low income housing tax credit projects. Mm-hmm. Most CDCs, uh, once they're developed, you may not have a project like that until you're in your fourth, fifth year in if wow. you do it that early. You may be able to do some small incremental development with infill in housing, which we have a lot of that we can uh, connect with in Thomasville. And with our audience, just so in case some people may not know what infill housing is, can you explain what that in-fill is? Infill housing is uh, housing lots or uh, abandoned properties or blighted properties that are not currently being used that are still on the tax rolls for the for us it would be the county uh, where there's there there are no owner occupied. Uh-huh. So you guys are working on the the empty lots, the empty houses, the refill, and also eventually bringing in new affordable Correct. houses. Correct. And, and so that's one of the, when you hear from the residents and they're saying, well, our neighborhoods look this way because somebody needs to do something about the abandoned properties and the blighted lots and things like that. Um, with that same request, we have to address air property issues. So air properties, they're owners of the properties that may have been passed down from generations. And now mm. they're tied up. The title is tied up because they're 40 It's in years. an estate. It's in or an estate. person um, doesn't live here. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's hard. So we have to address that issue, which now it, it may appear that nobody's addressing the issue because it's not that the city can't do anything or the TCDC can't do anything, but there's nothing we can really do until we get the, the lot cleared or the property clear of title so that someone can come in and either tear it down or sell it or do whatever it is they want to do with it. Do the residents understand that concept? Do they understand that? Or is there an educational process there? Because I think most people... It is such a long, complicated process. It is. And it it is a combination of both. Uh, And again, the fear of the unknown factors Mm -hmm. into that. You know, Mm -hmm. so if I clear this title up, will they take it? Yeah. Um, I've been paying the taxes on it. So it shouldn't be a problem, which is a myth. And and on our, it's one of the things I, I try to do through our social media platform is educate. And so we're actually doing an educational series just on air properties now. You hmm. know, so, so so that hmm. those that are caught up in air properties or you may have inherited a, a house in any one of our neighborhoods in our URA that you can really say, okay, now, is this property really clear? Do I really own it? What are some of the impediments that can keep me from really generating some type of wealth out of home ownership if I don't actually own the property? Mm-hmm. So we can clear a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff up. So I've got a question. When we talk about affordable housing, how do how do we define that? I mean, affordable housing for one person may be not affordable for somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. we always say workforce housing, and to me, that's for your person who's out there, the teacher, the fireman, the industrial worker, but a lot of households, that's not enough, just that one person. You need two people working and what can they afford? So what are y'all thinking is affordable housing? What have you found out? So in a a general concept, um, Department of Community Affairs and the Housing Urban Development have established what's called the AMI. AMI is Area Median Income. So it's it's really determined by the location in the area, mm-hmm. uh, but then you have certain percentages of that AMI. So you've got, I think, 40 to 60 is really low income. Uh, anywhere from 60 to 120 mm-hmm. is where uh, workforce is kind of targeted. Like the medium. The, the medium. So, so and isn't it crazy 80, that those 80%. huge numbers are low income and medium income like that? That. 
that would have been high, you right, know, 10, right. 20 years ago. It's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it also, uh, are there indicators for, you know, like size of the family? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got someone who is in that considered median, but mm-hmm. they have two kids, wouldn't, and versus, cost them more. right, in comparison to just like a newlywed couple that has yep. no children, yep. then the, the it's going to apply differently to each one. And, 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 and so would they have different numbers based on the household size? I think another overlay that would, that would help um, make affordability a little more accurate is if you look at, let's say, the, the workforce, you think of teachers, firemen, policemen, you think of, uh, but you don't think about uh, the, the cafeteria worker, you don't think about the uh, fast food worker you know thinking about maybe the department store worker in that area so they're going to be they're going to be pushed pushed down right? right well so what percentage of the neighborhoods you're working in work in that area so mm-hmm. if you bring an 80 to 120 percent ami house mm-hmm. into an area that's traditionally you know 60 to 80 uh-huh or 40 to 60 you've created affordable housing but maybe not affordable for the people that's in that area. That live in that neighborhood. That in and that, so in those numbers are based on Thomas County, right? So well, well, so AMI, so what we're yeah. going to be the numbers that are based on Thomas County. And, and typically, Thomasville, when they do the AMI, it would include Thomas County. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's probably lower for our surrounding counties. Probably. And then just knowing what we know about Thomas County, I would think it's higher so you're going to have to make more to live in what we consider affordable housing yeah, that's absolutely correct okay that's absolutely correct because i know one of the things we found out during the workforce plan was that we have a higher participation rate in workforce mm-hmm. and so i think it's like 61 percent of the people in thomas county are actually participating in the workforce where some of our surrounding counties that number is even less mm-hmm. so our affordable housing might be different than Grady County or Brooks County. That is exactly okay. right. Interesting. The, the beauty in this workforce plan assessment identified things that I think most people already knew mm-hmm. um, and definitely put some statistics behind it. But one of the things that it also, I think, um, did was bring to light the um, collaborative efforts that are happening to really address those. And and I think about other communities who may not have a Mike Jones mm-hmm. or a TCDC um, working on their behalf, um, they're at a much larger disadvantage That's where right. the, you're doing the hard work and it's not easy because there's a lot of trust that has to be built and there's a lot of unknown. And when you start going into that unchartered territory, um, emotions get high and question. people can't dictate what the future is gonna hold. Um, but the beauty is, is that you're working on these things, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we need is, you know, for us to be able to focus on those underserved communities and figure out how can we all work together as a community to get their neighborhoods where they need to be and get them, you know, outside of that poverty level. Right. Um, what is your goal? Like, if you if you could paint the perfect picture for TCDC over the next year, what would you want to see accomplished? Well, that's a lot of different stuff. So starting initially with just from a community engagement standpoint, uh, we use what is called uh, asset based community development. Right. Which means you go in there's there are tools, there are uh, assets that are already in these neighborhoods that just need to be identified, whether it be Mm. organizations, whether it be um, uh, a 
building, whether it be a business, whether it be individuals. So no reason to recreate the wheel if it's already there. If it's already there. partner with them. Right. Well, some of it is from an engagement standpoint is the neighborhood recognizing that you have an asset that's already here. Ah, Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Because a lot of times when you don't recognize what you have, you're always looking externally to fix which you can fix internally. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. so so developing a lot of community leaderships, uh, much like um, HOAs or neighborhood watch organizations, that now those neighborhoods, as they take on the leadership of any revitalization, any change in their, their neighborhoods, they can now truly tell us, this is what's in my neighborhood and this is what I like to and see. They're bought in and they're and, bought in. And yeah. so they're, they're leading the drive and it's not That's like beautiful. someone from Somebody outside else. coming in. Yeah. So now when we get to how do we address the, the blighted property issues, you have a community engagement, you have the Thomasville Community Development Corporation, you have whatever the city can bring that... Um, that neighborhood itself is already generating the, the the momentum to create these changes in their in their neighborhood. So in the next one or two years, I would love to see. My goal is to have in all of our URA neighborhoods having uh, leadership councils established in all of these neighborhoods, and each one of those neighborhood neighborhoods already having a vision plan of imagine Thomasville. Oh, imagine, I love that. Imagine my my city yeah. where I would like to imagine see my right. neighborhood. Right. Yeah. So at yeah. that point, the the TCDC is more of a just of a, a come alongside quarterback to help guide you to what you said is that you want to do and connect the dots with all the resources. That's so I love your analogy with the alongside quarterback because what some listeners may not know who you are and you are a former <laughs> former football player. <laughs> so I just had to pull that right, out. Right. <laughs> I just had to pull that right. out. That, like, that okay. only you does it. No, Those it analogies. It so that, play, that playbook, that playbook seems really strong. I think that's, uh, oh man, you know, when you as an individual can see things for the first time, Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first step, right? I Absolutely. Mean, yeah, that is that is the really the foundation mm-hmm. of it all. And mm-hmm. so it's more than just building a home. It's more than just coming in and building Absolutely. some houses. Absolutely. Um, you're really peeling back the layers of the onion and getting mm-hmm. down to the root cause of relationship. That's right. Uh, human communication, that's which right. is literally like the the starting point for, mm-hmm. for all of it. So it's a, I'm sure it's a slow process. Um, can you share a little bit about others who were involved in the TCDC? Or TCDC. TC. Well, we've uh-huh. got, of course, we've got a uh, an eleven man board that is uh, come from all different backgrounds that that provide counsel as relates to legal, um, infield development, governance of the organization. Um, so that's kind of the core where it started. I'm the only hired employee mm-hmm. of the TCDC at this point. And of course, we've got Katie, who is our our trusted consultant that is is out there finding everything that's available to make not only the TCDC a viable viable organization in the community, but finding every opportunity we can use. If so, that's grants, grants or any any, any resource, yeah, yeah. Ma'am, ma'am. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. I got a question. So, sure. how do you think in the future the TCDC might be able to work with like private developers? Because for my job with the PDA, I deal with a lot of private developers who are bringing in housing, I don't know. Some of it's affordable, some of it's not. And then they they call PDA a lot or the city when they have one of those low-income tax credit properties. Mm-hmm. So what I hear from the city is there are about 1,300 new residential hookups in the pipeline. So that's apartments, that's condos, housing developments. And narratively, we hear all the time, me and Andrea, you know, so-and-so industries hiring a new engineer this is his first new job and we can't and they're calling us 
looking for an apartment for him or a rental house and we end up you know reaching out to realtors or we become a realtor looking for that property so i know the private developers are working on it and that's great do you see a stage in this where you would be working hand in hand with those private developers or do you see this as like a separate entity working in a separate sector does that make sense? Uh, it, it does. I, it's, it's hard to separate them. Yeah. Um, you need both. You, you, you need both. Uh, typically, as we develop projects, uh, we do our latte development. We're, we're using you know, minority and uh, women-led developers from that standpoint. But I do believe just from, let's talk about a latte project, and you talk about affordability, you talk about workforce coming in. Uh, a lot of the latte projects you've got a range of different um, economic status in those in that one building. So you may have, you know, 25, 30 percent of the occupancy uh, are low to, to median income. You may have uh, some that's in that 80 to 120 market rate or, or percentage of AMI. And then you may have market rate rentals or uh, purchases in that area. So with private developers coming in, I think the more we can have conversations of what's the, the real uh, status if you will in Thomasville so that when they come in and create these developments whether it's within the city whether it's on the border of the city because we want Thomasville to grow we want new industry to come in and we want to be able to have housing and availability to match mm-hmm. right so you wanted to match for those that are coming in with the new jobs but you also want to match those that have been on the waiting list right yeah in the oh, you're city. so right so yeah. I've been doing this like 20 25 years and it used to be location 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 mm-hmm. and now they want to know about your housing That's they right. want to see a housing survey they want to know if they set up shop here that there's going to be somewhere for their employees, employees to live, live. That's and that's right. brand new just like in the last three years that's now right. projects project managers site consultants they're asking about housing that's right. they care about that more than anything right. now right. yeah thanks for listening to let's talk thomasville a podcast produced by Summerhill creative be sure to find other episodes wherever you download your podcast and share with a friend If you're curious about a certain topic and how it relates to our community, connect with us at imaginethomasville.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.